SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. The Pac-12 doesn't want to play. They want to shut people up. They want to appease everybody. It's not going to happen next week. not going to happen next month. It's going to happen two months from now. Why bother starting in November? You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Monday, September 28th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours. Take your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. Uh, it is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott uh, icon and fire away. A little emails, a little tweets, some phone calls right here on, again, a Monday, September 28th, Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Over and out in the NFL, MLB regular season is finally over. So is the Celtics season. Browski in, out is Redicky, is Cora back in. Keeping up with the Joneses, not Rams crying foul. How much can a Falcons can take? More than a Jets fan? Uh, line up your sisters in Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Montana to the rescue. A Thursday to forget in New York and uh, fail tests in Georgia. We'll get to all those stories again. Uh, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. It is a Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday, September 28th with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Wow, what, what you talk about a Monday to talk about sports. We got the NFL with all the craziness from uh, yesterday. We got a great uh, Sunday night football game. We got a great Monday night game. Kansas City and Baltimore lined up later on tonight. Just some crush, just crushing losses if you're a Falcons fan. And if you're a Celtic fan as well, the Celtics eliminated last night in case you didn't realize it against Miami as they get blown out in the fourth quarter. So their season is over. And oh, by the way, Major League Baseball is uh, tomorrow as the regular season finished up. So we'll get to it all. Bagels and Bad Beats on a uh, Monday morning with your student, Scott Wetzel. 844-843-6879. 844-843-6879. Tanya, the tight end, who gets it back into field goal range. 
There would be about a 52-yard. In case you didn't know, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Watch this one. He is looking. Tell me where. This way, and he is throwing that way. <laughs> These guys are just taking all this stuff to a freaky kind of level now. John Lovett, ball up from the practice squad, play fullback and lead the way. And Rodgers is wide open for Robert Tunyon and the touchdown. You want to know how you get to 16 and three? Make calls like that. Eagles and Bad Beats on a Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. Uh, generally, don't take too many calls on Mondays because it's so... Make an exception today, but there is a slew to get to NBC Sports last night with the call as Green Bay, in case you didn't stay up that late, because that was a late game, a lot of scoring, a lot going on. Uh, ended up uh, beating the New Orleans Saints by a count of 37 to 30. So the Packers uh, remain undefeated. And uh, anyone thinking that uh, Aaron Rodgers at this point was going to be fading away into the uh, the sunset uh, doesn't quite understand Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. I'll tell you that because he's having you – know, you talk about a renaissance. Forget about Tom Brady. Forget about Drew Brees. It's not that he's in that same age-wise category, but he's not too far off. Uh, but he he's clearly got some years left. He's clearly showing, as he did last night, <clears throat> with his five zillion touchdown passes and 50 zillion yards passing as Green Bay goes into New Orleans and hands the uh, Saints their first back-to-back loss uh, two-week span there in, in four seasons, believe it or not. So uh, <clears throat> a lot of NFL stuff. We got some basketball stuff. My Celtics last night fell apart down the stretch. What else is new? Um, as this was a 101-100 game, and then they were outscored in a stretch there. I, I wrote it down here. Where is it? To 20 close out the game, and uh, that was it. And the Celtics are eliminated. And we got a Miami, uh, L.A. Lakers, NBA Finals with LeBron. And we, listen, we were going to get LeBron regardless, obviously. But when it's now him facing his former team, now it's really going to be LeBron. I don't know if he could even go even worse than what it would have been anyway. But. And as far as the team giving them the best shot, you know, maybe it is. Maybe Miami, the way they're running, I mean, 12-3 and three this postseason. They sweep Indiana. Uh, they beat, obviously, the number one seed in Milwaukee in five games. They beat probably the best, the second-best team, uh, you know, the Celtics, in, in six games. And, and really, it wasn't even. And I know they got fortunate to win a couple of games, but, you know, it, it wasn't a sweat, too. too. It was a six-game series because, you know, Miami kind of let their guard down there a little bit. Uh, in game number f- uh, five. Otherwise, it probably would have ended in five. So really disappointed. We'll get into boy wonder Brad Stevens once again, who fails once again with his Boston Celtic team. I I, I don't know when the uh, the kid gloves are going to be taken off him, but you know he's got to be held responsible somewhere along the line for this Celtic team failing year after year after year after year. Uh, in the NBA postseason. So we're not going to necessarily start with Celtics. We'll start with last night's crazy Green Bay game. I, I really, you know, I won't even start with Major League Baseball postseason stuff. It goes to show you the depth of embarrassment when you're going to start with an Atlanta Falcons. I, I mean, that's out of all the things that I watched yesterday, all the great performances, 
uh, you know, some controversial calls, some some penalties in the, in the Bills Rams game. I mean, honestly, if you said, "All right, well, what is the number one water cooler?" Let's talk about this. Let's laugh about this. Let's discuss this. Let's debate this topic. Really, not baseball postseason, not Stanley Cup, maybe ending later on tonight, not Sunday night football, not NBA Celtics are eliminated. It's the Atlanta stinking Falcons. It really is. It's the Atlanta Falcons losing again. Oh. See, this is why it's tough being a sports fan. You know, it's very easy to be a front runner. It is. And I, I do have sympathy for the Falcon fan. I, I, I do. Uh, it's very easy. You know, if you, you're a Stanky fan or a Dookie Pukie fan or a LeBron James fan, you know, you're going to get to the finals basically every single year. You're going to get to the final four if you're a Duke fan every single year. You're a Stanky fan. You're going to be in the postseason every single year. Basically, they just got finished doing 60 games of preseason exhibition baseball. It's no big deal. And then if you win, great. If you lose, you know, eh, no big deal. We're going to win next year anyway. There's no heartache. There's no pain. There's those gut-wrenching, I can't sleep tonight. game feelings if you're a fan of one of those teams a falcon fan though uh i feel for you brother i i i welcome to being a sports fan and you know this is what we talk about when we say sports is more than just that ah, it's only sports who cares? there are bigger things in life now while there may be it it is more than just uh sports because the falcons did it again last night four letter network had some good stats not only are they the first team to lose back-to-back games in a season leading by 15 points or more in the fourth quarter. They were saying do it twice in one year, which I find hard to believe. I, you know, every once in a while you get some stats and you just say to yourself, well, really, is that true? Is, is that possible? No team has blown a 15-point lead twice in one season. I'll take them for their word. But you think about that. Not one team has blown a 15-point fourth quarter lead twice in one year, and the Falcons have done it back to back. I mean, if you thought last week's, you know, crushing defeat against Dallas was bad when they failed to pick up the onside's kick. And then last night, it's funny, I'm watching the games with my daughter, Ash, as we always do on Sundays, and it's 26 to 10, and I see them make the change. They go from Trubisky to Nick Foles, and you just knew, you know, any any time there's a, a change at quarterback, unless you're the, the team was going to get a spark, and they score. But they missed a two-point conversion. So it's now 26 to 16. It's still a two-score game. It's still fourth quarter. There's about eight minutes left. You know, no big deal. But I turn to my daughter and say, you know, it wouldn't this be something? Dare I even say it? Wouldn't this be something if they lost again, Ash? If they actually blew this whole lead? Because you could feel, you know, sitting at home <clears throat> with no one in the stands anyway, but you could feel the momentum change. It, it's one of the weird things about being a sports fan. Just somehow or another, you just know the tide has turned. And it's only just a matter of time. And is there enough time? You know, we don't lose a game, as, as uh, was a Yogi Berra, someone said. You know, we, we didn't lose any games. We just ran out of time. You could feel that if the Bears were not going to win this game, it wasn't because they lost, per se. It's just because the Falcons were able to barely hold on, and they ran out of time. So they scored. They cut the lead to 10. They missed a two-point conversion. There's another possession where they're driving. And they get a fourth down deep inside. In fact, they had first and goal, uh, and they weren't able to score. They didn't kick the field goal because this was before that first touchdown when it was 26 to 10. So they really scored an extra touchdown, uh, but it did not count, or at least they didn't really score. But they got down there, so they were able to survive that drive. Then they give up the uh, the drive to make it 26 to uh, to uh, 16, and then they give up another touchdown, and then they finally. 
touchdown, and that allowed the Bears to win at 30-26. In the process, the Falcons went three and out three straight times. They couldn't get a first down. There was one possession where they had negative yardage, and they weren't taking any time off the clock. I mean, this was like the Super Bowl all over again. Forget last week. I mean, they were throwing the football third and three, third and four. And they're throwing bombs. Like, what are you doing, you dopes? Just get the first down. The score is no longer the obstacle. It's the clock. Run the clock. Run the ball. You know, get some first downs. Even if you decide to throw passes that are not just bombs where it's a 50-50 at best proposition. I mean, just a stupid play call. What are you doing? And the Bears finally get the ball back, down three, needing only a field goal. They score a touchdown. There's still over a minute and a half left. You'd think Matt Ryan, with all his experience, would be able to, you know, march the team down the field uh, and be able to get, you know, into a position to win the game. And, nope, he throws a pick, and that's your ball game. Chicago wins it. 30-26, to 26, they're 3-0, and and the Falcons fall to 0-3. Wow, just a crushing, just a crushing loss. Again, you talk about back-to-back losses. This would have to, you know, listen, it's not like over, over, over the top, but, you know, come up with another team, any sport that suffered two losses like this in back-to-back games. You'd be hard-pressed. Might be able to do it, but you'd be hard-pressed. Man, unbelievable. On six penalties in the fourth quarter for the Falcons, three punts, a missed field goal, and an interception. That was in one quarter alone. The question is, how do they get these big leads in order to blow it? Wow, big was the bad beats on a Monday night. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Be okay. Eat a lot of clock up, making sure it's a two, two score game. Second and six. Catch is made by Robinson, and he breaks free. Alvin Robinson takes it all the way for a Bears touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Isaiah Oliver up top, one on one with Alan Robinson. It's just off man coverage. Just make the tackle. You don't need to panic in this situation. And if you miss a tackle, Looks like another man. I, I, I sigh because it, it's the panic setting in for the Falcons defense, and it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. 26 minutes past the hour. Fox Sports with the call there. Kenny Albert with the uh, the play-by-play as Chicago does beat Atlanta 30-26. to Wow. Uh, let's give you the ugly numbers before we move on, shall we? First up, uh, again, in the fourth quarter alone, Falcons with six penalties. They ha- And not only did they have six penalties in the fourth quarter, they had none in the first three quarters. So it's not like, well, they committed three in the first, four in the second, five in the third, and then, okay, they did six in the fourth. The first, none in the second, none in the third. They were playing a perfect football game. They're leading it 26 to 10, and they they just fall apart. You you couldn't fall apart anymore 
than what they did in the fourth quarter yesterday. Six penalties after having none, three punts, a missed field goal, and an interception there in the end by uh, by Matt Ryan. And, and you know what bugs me more than anything? And I'm not even a Falcon fan. I have no dog in the fight. I, I, I We had the over for those guys that were with me. So we were already in the bag as winners, right? But but really trying to uh, feel for the Atlanta Falcon fan is there's Matt Ryan afterwards. Oh, shaking hands and smiling and how you doing and buddy, buddy. And, you know, I don't like doing that to begin with. So that's strike number one. But after I lose a football game like that, as a player, man, I'm telling you, as pissed off as I would be, that would be the last thing I'd want to do is go schmooze with the opposition. That's when you start to wonder, does this team really care? I mean, if, if your biggest concern is going over there and talking to other players, and you might you might share the same age. And I, I get all that stuff, and it's rude, I suppose. You know, not proper etiquette, I suppose, to just walk off the football field, you know, God forbid, without, you know, saying hello to 5,000 different people. But as a fan, as I'm watching my team piss away a 16-point fourth quarter lead, and now I got to go watch Matt Ryan and all the others, for that matter, you know, go schmooze with the opposition like it's no big deal. Boy, that bugs me. That that bugs me to no end. So Nick Foles comes in early third quarter. Trubisky again didn't play well. You know, he's just not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He just isn't. You know, he shows signs of being in the NFL, shows glimpses. I get all that stuff, but you know what? You're never going to win big time with him. You just The consistency is just not there. Good enough to be in the NFL. You know, he's a maybe, maybe a better version of Blake Bortles, but, you know, it, it's two peas in a pod. Good enough arm strength, everything else, to, to be able to win as a backup every once in a while, but you're not going to take a team over. So I, I don't doubt for a second Foles is going to be back in there. Why wouldn't he? He led the team down there, threw three touchdowns, 188 yards in less than a half. Great comeback win. And if, if you're Trubisky, you got to be saying, what the fudge? Because he did have a nice 45-yard scramble, got his, you know, brains beat in a couple times on some sacks, but he just, you know, it's week after week after week with him. I was a little surprised he won the starting job. So, uh, but in the end, when everything is said and done, uh, thirty to twenty-six uh, Bears do beat the Atlanta Falcons. Next up on the agenda, before we get to the NFL, let's go back to my beloved Boston Celtics, who lost, lost in ugly fashion. Um, they were outscored by twenty, twenty-eight to eight down the stretch. They lose by twelve, one twenty-five to one thirteen. But here's the bottom line: if you're a Celtic fan. It was 101-100, six minutes left, Miami with, with, with the lead by one. Anybody's game, right? Back and forth. Typical, you know, you didn't know if this was game six. It could have been games one, two, three, four, five. It's, you know, same scenario. Uh, neither team really blowing the other team out. Back and forth they went, each team having their share of leads. Celtics were leading by as many as six, I think it was, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Miami was up, uh, you know, as well before they they rallied to, to cut the deficit to the Celtics to, to one, 101-100. So it was anybody's game. Anybody's game, right? 28-8 run to the Heat go. They take control, and again, they end up winning it by 12 in, in a game that just Celtics pissed away. I mean, listen, after a while, you stop saying, you have to stop saying, well, the Celtics are really the better team, and and, and Vegas thought they were. FanDuel thought they were. They, every opportunity they had to put the Celtics as favors, uh, favorites as they did last night, you know, three, three-and-a-half-point favorites. And, and after a while, you just have to say to yourself, they're just not the better team. Or if they are, they're just not showing it. And, and Brad Stevens, I, I just – I don't get it. I just don't I, – I, 
fail again to see the fascination with this guy. He's now been head coach of this team. You probably think it's like most people would say, I don't know, a three, four years, Scott. No, he's been there a long time. He's been there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years now. Okay. He's been there a long time, long enough. Has he gotten to the playoffs? Yes, he has. Six of the seven years. Has he gotten to the conference finals? Yep, three of the last four. But has he gotten to the NBA finals? No. Has he really even overachieved with this team? No. Every serious obstacle they faced in the postseason, they lost. I'll give them credit for beating Toronto uh, a series ago. That, that might be the one series where it was a 50-50 you know, proposition who wins and the Celtics won. But every other season, I don't care. Well, they couldn't get by LeBron. You know what? Someone beats LeBron. And, you know, don't, don't just write that off as an automatic W or automatic L, rather, because you face LeBron James. To me, that's not an excuse. It just isn't. They weren't facing LeBron last year when they lost. They weren't facing LeBron this year when they lost. So th there's always something with the Celtic team. It never gets over the hump. It never wins a big-time game. Whenever they get slapped in the face, punched in the gut, you know, they basically go run away and, instead of really fighting. There's a, there's something to the core missing with this Celtic team. And I think it's things that he screwed up game after game after game this postseason. So I'm, you know if you're an LL, a loyal listener, I'm not just hopping on board now. I've been at the front of this thing. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches there is. I'm, I'm sorry. When you look at, you know, this team and how far it's gone postseason-wise over the last eight years with different cast of characters, but it's the same thing over and over and over. And, and last night, here's my example of why he's an overrated head coach last night. All right? It's 101-100. He's sitting on a couple of timeouts. Miami's got the momentum. They're hitting some buckets. They stretch the lead to six, no timeout. They stretch the lead to eight, no lead to ten, no timeouts. And you can see if you're watching, again, as a sports fan, you just get a sense. They weren't running any sets. They were heaving up threes. Uh, the, the desperation you could see, even with three, three and a half minutes left, which is an eternity in the NBA, you could see the desperation setting in on this club. They were crying out. They were yelling and screaming, please give me a timeout. Let me get reset. Let me go to the bench and, and get our, my, our bearings straight and, and just calm things down and say, listen, you're down eight, you're down 10, but we got three and a half minutes left. Instead, no timeout. And Celtics came down and hoisted up three after three after three after three. No looks, no screens, no anything. Just let's dribble down and let's stop at the three-point line and let's throw up a three. And, and uh, more times than not. In fact, it did. They, they missed every single time. Uh, and, and that was the end. And, and again, lead jumped up to 13. No timeout. Lead jumped up to 14. No timeout. No timeouts. Nothing. You know what he called? He, and they had two. Not even like, well, he only had one, Scott. He wanted to hold on. No, he had two timeouts. He called the timeout with stinking 25 seconds left down 125-113. That's when he decided to call a timeout. And I know this is not college basketball. I know you don't treat these players like uh, you know college basketball players. But when you see a team that was emotionally shot like the Celtics were with three, four, Five minutes left when they couldn't buy a bucket and Miami seemingly was hitting any, everything. You could just see the team needed a respite. They just needed to get to the bench and, and regroup and get their, like I said, bearing straight and get refocused and come out and you run an actual set play for someone and he never called a timeout. Why? I On TV suggest calling a timeout? No, of course not. Why would they? So um, no timeout. And yeah. Uh, 
Heater allowed to go up on this 28-8 run. And then again, Danny calls the timeout with 25 seconds. Like, like that's going to accomplish something down 12. What's he going to say? Hey, guys, it's been a great. I'm sure he probably said, hey, guys, it's been a great season. Uh, you're on national TV. You just got your ass kicked, embarrassed again. So let's don't do anything stupid. And uh, I'll talk to you next year. That, that's probably what his little pep talk was. Instead of calling a timeout with three minutes left or two minutes left, you know, when you still had a fighting chance, he just let his team get rolled over. Boy, that's just pathetic. Just absolutely pathetic. In eight years as head coach of the Celtics, never gone to it. Well, never won a championship, never gone to an NBA final. One division has come in second a couple of times, one, two, three, four times, third once, fourth once, and uh, did win uh, the division one time uh, in, in 16 17 uh, when they got bounced in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And that's been it. And that, that's been it with this Celtic team. Just, just over, overrated. And uh, as tough as it is to be an Atlanta Haw uh, Falcons fan, it's, it's uh, maybe even harder to be a Boston Celtic fan because uh, you, you went into this postseason thinking. You know what? You had a chance. You, you were one of the teams that people were pointing to. You, the Clippers, you know, maybe Milwaukee able to beat the Lakers. And the Clippers went wayside. You know, the uh, Bucks went wayside. You had an easy, you, you never will have had an easier run to the NBA Finals than what the Boston Celtics had this year. And they still couldn't get there. Miami, as the number five seed, is only the third team in the last 36 years to reach the NBA Finals as a fifth seed or lower. Three out of 36. That's how rare that is. That's how easy, technically, the run for the Celtics should have been to get the NBA Finals. And they still effed up, and they still couldn't get it done. Wow, just awful. Just absolutely awful. All right, 844-843-6879. Uh, Baseball talking back to the NFL next right here. I don't... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Just get it away before the play clock expires. Wilson looking for somewhere to go. This one is caught for the touchdown, Metcalf. To give Flowers and Griffin help. Prescott is able to stay up to the end zone. It is picked. Seahawks take over. Fox Sports with the call as a uh, another terrific game yesterday. Well, we had a bunch of them, uh, really. A lot of these games coming down to the wire. A couple of duds thrown in there, but uh, some entertaining scores. Seattle, Fox Sports there with the call again. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman beats Dallas 38-31. Wild game back and forth. You heard it there. Uh, that, that was the close. Russell Wilson sets an NFL record for 14 touchdown passes in three games. I mean, think about that. I mean, he is out-dueling quarterbacks from last year that didn't finish with 14 touchdown passes, let alone three uh, games to get 14. 
Back-to-back, you know, four touchdown passes. He's the first to do that. First to get four touchdown passes or more in the first three games of the regular season. He's been a godsend for those geniuses, uh, yours truly, that were able to draft him. He has carried us these last two weeks to victories. He really has. I mean, he's thrown for touchdowns. He's running as well. He's just a uh, quarterback's uh, dream when it comes to fantasy foot. Between him and uh, Lamar Jackson, who we're going to see later on tonight, there are new, no two better quarterbacks when it comes to fantasy. Uh, just getting, just accumulating all these points because their defenses, in the case of Seattle anyway, basically stink. So you know he's going to have to throw a bunch of yards and run a bunch of yards. Uh, they, they blow a two-touchdown lead, but they do come back and they win it again uh, 38-31. And uh, a crushing uh, loss if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. They fall to one and two, and Seattle now improves to uh, three and zero. We'll run down all the games as we always do uh, because they got some little nuggets on uh, each one of these things, uh, including Tom Brady last uh, yesterday. Three touchdown passes, nice job by him. And uh, we got to get a poll question up there as well because the New York Jets. I hate to be so negative, but man, the Jets lost yesterday, thirty-six to seven. I don't know why I didn't play the the uh, Colts. And well, I do know why because they screwed over one of my other fans. My suicide pool uh, plays of week number one when they lost to Jacksonville, so I didn't have any faith in them. But uh, the Jets are just hard, just absolutely hard. I, I don't know, you know, the firing head coach firing stuff is is clearly out already here in New York, New Jersey, with Adam Gaze with the Jets, and you know it's out, you know, with Dan Quinn and the Atlanta Falcons. Both those guys running neck and neck. I, I don't think it would be fair. Very regular season games, but we've seen crazy things occur. So it would shock me either way. Um, tell you, there's a couple of quarterbacks to me that really, and I know the Lions won yesterday, but uh, between Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford, you know, those to me are two quarterbacks that just need a fresh uh, breath air. Just, just you know what? Let me get out of Atlanta, get out of Detroit. I don't think Stafford's a winning quarterback. I don't think Matt Ryan necessarily is a winning quarterback either, but he did show, you know, leading 28-3 in a Super Bowl second half that he can bring a team there and should be able to win. But you're just getting in teams and everything. It just seems to be the same old, same old. Although, again, uh, give credit to the Lions and Stafford. They did rally yesterday and, and beat uh, Arizona 26-23 on a last-second uh, field goal. So, All right, uh, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Let us go to the phones for the first time today before we run down all the NFL stuff. Start with our good buddy Richard in West Virginia, who bats leadoff today. What's up, Richard? How are you today? Well, uh... I thought I was going to die overnight, but I didn't. So that's probably a good thing there. <laughs> that but is good. I, I won't even ask why. <laughs> well, it has to do with something called sleep apnea. Whether I have it or not, I'm not sure. I can't get any tests to prove, but it's just, uh, who knows? I don't know if I have it or don't. But anyway, as far as sports goes, this is something that's really interesting. Two different things. You talk about the smooth, smoothing, smoothing, smoothing part. This is what has been going on forever. You're supposed to keep a six-foot distance. You're supposed to wear a mask. This is what it's all about. And in that NBA game, after they, after the game was over, they were in yeah. there hugging each other, talking to each other, right up close and personal. I look at that, and I just say, isn't that something? Isn't that what you call a super spreader? Isn't that something you're not supposed to do? But they did it. Okay, and then this is one other thing that you're just, I think that you're, I shouldn't say you're lucky that I called, but it's just something really interesting because I read the paper yesterday 
uh, the Wheeling Intelligencer paper, and it was talking about uh, uh, Eric Spolstra from the uh, from the Miami, Miami. Heat. Right after after LeBron went, he went. This is something really interesting. He went to a coach named Jim Crutchfield. You never heard of Jim Crutchfield, but he's a local coach who used to coach. West Liberty Hilltoppers, which is right outside of Wheeling, West Virginia, and he's got an 8.55 winning average. Now it was talked about in the paper that he went to uh, he Eric Spolter went to Jim Crutchfield, and he taught him how to win. They said that's the reason that he that he uh, has done so well after LeBron James left, and it's a reason that he. Well, I couldn't say it. it was sort of the reason he they beat the uh, uh, Celtics, and it's the reason that they might be able to beat the Los Angeles Lakers because of Jim Crutchfield told him how to win. This will really be interesting to me. Like I said, you don't know who Jim Crutchfield is, but he's somebody with an 855 winning average who coached a team called the West Liberty Hilltoppers. Why Eric Spolster would go to him, he's a Division II coach. Why he would go to him, I don't know, but he had a big article in the paper about it. So I'm just going to see what happens. I don't think that that's what it's going to take to beat the Lakers, but it was just really surprising that that's what they were saying. Eric Spolstra went to a Division II coach to teach him how to win. Amazing to me. Do you know, uh, I'm going to look it up here as we speak here, Richard. Is he from West Virginia, Spolstra? I I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. So I wonder, and it sounds like your guy there has been in West Virginia his whole life. So I, I wonder where the connection would have been. He's from Evanston, Eric Spolster. So uh, I, I wonder, the, you know, maybe maybe a coaching clinic or something along those lines. Here's the connection. The what it went. He was coaching West Liberty Hilltoppers for probably 10, 12 years. He was a tennis coach at West Liberty. I thought he was always local. Then let, for some reason. Two years ago, he left West Liberty to go to Nova Southeastern, which is down around Miami. That's probably how they got together. Ah, but it, there you go. It just you got a, got a Division Two coach with a. They had some tremendous players, but it's Division Two. But he had the winningest percentage of eight fifty five of any coach in any division, Division One, Division Two, Division anything. The highest winning. And he was telling him, it said there that Eric Spolstra learned, went from him because he taught him how to win. Amazing to me. Just yeah, is. Right. Yeah, good job, Rich. Appreciate the phone call. If it's he taught him how to win or LeBron James maybe taught him how to win, you know, it's nice to have the players that are capable of winning. But there is a difference. I, I will grant you that. I, absolutely. You know, it, it's one thing to be uh, down 101-100 with a minute left in the fourth quarter, and it's another thing to end up winning by double digits. Uh, you have to be able to play winning basketball down the stretch. We all know that. These NBA games, uh, they all come down to the fourth quarter. You know, we all know that it's anybody's game. doesn't really happen what happens for three, three and a half quarters. It's, it's the final five, six minutes, which teams can hit their shots, which teams can't. And I tell you, just, just watching these games, Miami – I tell you, their their shot-making ability in the fourth quarter of these games was off the charts, just absolutely off the charts. They had a couple of clunkers there in the games that they lost, but 
You know, it, it's not like the Celtics, to me, won those games. It was Miami didn't hit their shots in the fourth quarter of those games, which sounds simplistic, I understand. But when you watch the games, they were just, and you kept on thinking, okay, the gas is going to run out on this team, being able to hit these shots. And, you know, the Tyler Hero is going to turn back into being a 20-year-old. <clears throat> and he just never did. I mean, just big shot after big shot. Uh, it's just remarkable. And it wasn't just Jimmy Butler. It was more than just a one-man band. It, it was not just Butler. So they played better, and uh, they got the win, and they deserve to get the win. So, you know, are they going to be able to do that against the, the LeBron-led Lakers? Let's hope so. Let us. That's all we can say is let's hope so. Mr. Peanut checks in on this uh, Monday morning. What's up, Mr. Peanut? We all know that Adam Gase is absolute garbage. So we don't even need to bring him up. He's the worst piece of trash I've ever seen coach a football game. I can't believe that you could ride Peyton Manning's coattails for five freaking years, get fired, just awful. He's trash. Anyways, what about Doug Peterson? What are you doing punning with 10 seconds yeah. to go? What is he doing? You can't throw a Hail Mary? He's that worried that Cincinnati or that uh, they're going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to yeah. get a Hail Mary against him. I mean, well, that's the it, thing, it Mr. Peter. No I, I get I get the philosophy. I suppose I don't like uh, retreating and, and settling for a tie. But there were 19 seconds left. You know. If they don't get the first down, you got to figure it's going to take five, six seconds off the clock. So you're not handing the ball at midfield with 19 seconds left. You're handing the ball to the Bungles, you know, with no timeouts. They used up all their timeouts with about 12 seconds left. I, I mean, for Cincinnati with a rookie quarterback to be able to, you know, throw the football 25 yards down the field and still be able to get out of bounds to stop the clock. I mean, if, if that happens for the Bungles, then you just tip your cap to them. So to not take a shot if you're Philadelphia. I agree. That was awful. And then even Cincinnati with the, you know, with 12 sec, 15 seconds left, whatever it was, didn't, you know, uh, you know, try and score to move down the field. I like I would have done as well. Peterson with Philadelphia. That that is so weak settling for a tie. When you're 0 and 2, you know, you got to get a win there. You got to try for goodness sakes. Yeah, he's awful. All right, Scotty. Yeah. Good luck. Bye, right, Mr. Peter. Appreciate it. Yeah. And you know what I would have done? If listen, I don't think they would have gotten the first down. But I would have tried the field goal anyway. You know, if you're going to try it at 59, what the fudge? You might as well try it at 64 then, right? I, I mean, you know, g give it a try. Again, chances are the Bungles being the Bungles, no offense, but chances are Cincinnati would have been dumb enough to run the ball back. What do you mean, Scott? Well, if you try a field goal and it comes up short, they can put a guy in the end zone, as we saw Auburn, Alabama, and and return that kick, or they could just let it, you know, come up short and go out of bounds and uh, get the, sing the Bengals would get the ball uh, at the point of the kick. Knowing Cincinnati, just just knowing it's Cincinnati, they probably would have stuck a guy back there. He would have caught it and he would have run it out, and he probably would have been tackled at his own 35, 40 yard line, whatever the case may be. Second, it's left on the clock, and then uh, you know basically give themselves no chance uh, to win the game in overtime there. So. I would have tried the 64-yard field goal. I just would have. If you're going to try a 59-yarder, what, what's the difference? I, I know there is a five-yard difference. I get that. And, and again, theoretically, if they don't make it and they don't decide to run the ball back, you're handing the, the Bungles the ball uh, at their own, you know, basically right around midfield. But again, you know, it's 19 seconds left. The field goal try is going to take about five, six seconds. It will. But by the time that thing lands and everything, you're really handing Cincinnati the ball with about 12, 13 seconds left. 
with no timeouts. I, I don't give up the chance to win a football game because I'm worried the opposing team is going to get 20 yards and get it to field goal range. I just, especially when I'm winless. That, that you know, is the kicker to it all. I got to get a win. I, and I'm at home, and it's a bungle. Uh, just a brutal coaching decision yesterday by some of these teams. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Ground ball, hit up the middle. Wong is there, throw to first, and that'll do it. It's been a wild and crazy regular season, and the Cardinals find themselves in a familiar spot. The St. Louis Cardinals are headed to postseason play in 2020. Cardinals Radio Network with the call. Bagels and Bad Beats, 57 minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in as we always are, taking it right up until the top of the uh, next hour, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Yep, a lot of NFL, some NBA stuff. and A game-by-game game next hour. But baseball did, believe it or not, uh, finish up its regular season last night. And uh, the postseason is set. Well, you're talking about just an absolute afterthought. Just uh, really, I, again, I'm a Red Sox fan, so I'm a little biased, but I'm a sports fan, and I appreciate everything going on and follow all this stuff. But it, it is just like, now listen, you got the Milwaukee Brewers uh, under 500, two games under 500 making the postseason. You got the Houston Astros, two games under 500, 29-31 making the postseason. That's all you really need to know uh, when it comes to this baseball thing. I, I think what really kind of soured me, two things really, to be honest, as I always am, uh, you know, the Red Sox being lousy certainly played a, a key role in this thing for me. And then two, the stuff going on before the season with these players and these owners bitching back, uh, bitching back and forth and how much money, how many games. I, I mean, it took so long. It, it just put a sour taste in my mouth with this team and this league. I, I just really had it tuned out from the get-go. I really did. So, But the postseason is set. You know, the matchups are set. Who would have thunk it? Tampa Bay is the number one seed in the American League. They'll take on the eighth seed in Blue Jays. Dodgers, number one in the uh, NL. They'll take on the Milwaukee Brewers, despite their under 500 record. Um, why the Astros are not uh, the worst seed in the AL, even though they have the worst record of all the playoffs. You know, that's 2020. It's really all you need to know. The Astros have the worst record of the eight playoff teams, yet they're the number six seed. How is that possible? Well, it's 2000. That's how, that's how it's possible. All right, more coming up. Bigos and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. The new Sweet Scott Wednesday. 